For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson on demand. I was at a table with referees. This is like a room full of accountants. Spicy! And they asked about Connor Bedard, and they laughed. Remember that night that I yelled at, in the bubble at Bob? Great call, Bobby! I yelled it at the referee because he called a penalty shot in favor of the Regina Pats. Well, it's an empty arena, so like <laughs> your voice will just echo and echo and echo. Yeah, they heard you for sure. That was pretty funny. Good call, Bobby! This is the Rod Peterson Show. It absolutely is, and welcome to Hour 2 of the RP Show, everybody. It's brought to you by Great Western Brewing Company and Great Western Original 16 Beer. Still feeling good from the chat with Jeff Reinbold in Hour 1. If you're just joining us here in Hour 2 on Game Plus TV or YouTube Live, the CFL iconic coach who left the Hamilton Tiger Cats last week telling us last hour that uh, for now he's enjoying... Life in Hawaii, his agent is talking to teams, and he'll have an announcement in the near future. Coming up here in Hour 2, we'll be joined by TSN Director of Scouting Craig Button for all things hockey. But we've got the Moose back, and it seems like so long since you've been back with us, Moose. How's the last 20 minutes been for you, son? (laughs) It's been great. Back to Almost back to normal, which is kind of crazy, if we even have normal around here. Well, speaking of normal, I'm... Listen, you're behind, I got this monitor set up behind the lights that you gave me, so I'm trying to sort of see what you have on your ears. Were yeah. you wearing those in hour one? What, what is that? I know. It's monstrous. In the holiday, you know, doing shows from home, on the road, in the high school, my earbuds, nice and clean and tidy, they're at home in the road kit. Ah. And I got the big can, the cans on, right, in the studio here. So uh, we'll be back to business tomorrow. Okay, I was wondering what was the deal if somebody had given those to you for Christmas and you felt you had to try them on or something. <laughs> They're or whatever. my favorite. I've never taken whatever. them off since Christmas Day. Well, they look very comfortable. <laughs> okay. Right now, Carlos in Indianapolis is leading in the Taco Time comment of the week. It hasn't been much, but it's still the leader in the clubhouse right now. As we're starting a brand new week of contests, $50 gift card goes out to the comment of the week from our friends at Taco Time Canada. By the way, it's Taco Tuesday here in America, too, by the way. It's selected restaurants. Um, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, there's a lot of football talk. Ryan H. watching on YouTube says, A.B. Antonio Brown will find his way back to the NFL. It might stop in the USFL on the way. Would you want him on your CFL team? Listen, this isn't what I wanted to talk about, but I'll just drop this now. I'll just say this. There's far, far, far worse dudes come through the Canadian, worse dudes come to the Canadian Football League than Antonio Brown and played and stayed, believe me. But the money's different now than what it was, obviously, 70s, 80s, 90s. I mean, Antonio Brown doesn't need the money. 
And Darren, it just kind of, I got the sense after watching his antics the other day that he might be done with football. Let's think about that for a second. Is there any chance maybe that Antonio Brown isn't enjoying football anymore? Absolutely. That may factor into what happened on Sunday. Absolutely, it might. You know, you got to look at this too. You don't often see um, when you truly love something, you don't do it for money. And, and even when you don't, I mean, you, you rarely are thinking about money when you're doing a job or when you're playing the game, right? Shouldn't I be. Mean, Antonio Brown clearly wasn't thinking about money because he was a smidge away from a million dollars in incentives, right? Three separate $333,000 bonuses. He wasn't thinking about that because he would say, well, I'll play one more game, then I'll have a tantrum and quit, right? So it's not about money. So if your guy wants to play football, he'll come north and play. You know, The Rock, not that we want to go down this road, but was just on social media yesterday being really excited that it's one year till XFL training camps open. That might be a landing spot for Antonio Brown, too. Who knows? Um, if he wants to play football, I'm sure there'll be a door open for him to play football. If he doesn't, then he'll never play again. Okay, so I said, I knew it. I knew it. I said when we went to air an hour ago that we were going to take an off-ramp to Nowheresville. Yeah. And that's kind of where we are. And I know that a lot of our viewers want us to get to hockey, and we will right away. But a couple things here. John Ohm in Winnipeg says, my final words on Antonio Tavares Brown. It's okay if you fall apart sometimes. Tacos fall apart, and we still love them. Spicy. Give A.B. some tacos. Uh, from my cousin Christine in Medicine Hat. She says, you're going to freak when you return to Canada, Rod. It's so cold. It was minus 51 in Brooks last Tuesday, and it hasn't warmed up much. Well, listen, Chris. You do what you have to do to put food on the table. And that's what I'm going to do. But the other thing is, I was just, I've told you for a week, I couldn't wait to get back on the air. And we hadn't had a holiday in a year. I know. We hadn't had a day off in a year since last Christmas, and I couldn't wait to get back to work. And I think people are starting to come around to it. And it doesn't really matter whether they ever came around to it, but I'm watching these documentaries on John Madden. And my God, there's probably been a half a dozen of them that have aired. But they showed after his passing last week at age 85, Madden's news conference when he retired as the head coach of the Oakland Raiders. He wasn't an old man at that time. It was 40 years ago. He's in his mid-40s, and he said, I gave it all I had. I don't want to do it anymore. And I was sitting there watching it going, again, namaste. Right. It's like me and play-by-play. I don't want to do it anymore. I gave it everything I had yeah. for 30 years, and I don't want to do it anymore. I want to do this. And it took John Madden to sum it up. Anyways, enough about that. And from Patrolman Pete in Winnipeg says, who were the all-time worst dudes in the CFL, Rod? Dish. <laughs> it ain't that hard. Google it. Lawrence Phillips, former Montreal Alouette, killed a woman. James Curry, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, killed another person. I think might have been, I can't, I didn't want to say who. I think it was his former wife. Antonio Brown's never killed anybody. Yet. But Antonio Brown would only come to the CFL for one reason, because he loved to play football. And it doesn't look like he loves to play football anymore. So that. 
the featured game, Darren, there are eight in the National Hockey League. And I guess the way, by the way, breaking news that we dropped last hour, there were three teams in the Western Hockey League who have been paused because of COVID, team activities. One was the Moose Jaw Warriors. One was the Red Deer Rebels. And I'm sorry, do you remember the third? Edmonton oh, I got it right here. Edmonton Oil Kings. Was it Edmonton? Yeah. Dee, 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 dee. Oil Kings, Warriors, and Rebels. Yeah. So I had my sixth point written down here as COVID slash sports, and I don't really want to get into any of that because I'm not sitting here in Florida going, nana, nana, boo, boo, looking at people in Canada freezing their asses off and the game's all paused. I, I'm not relishing in any of that. What I do want to talk about is who is playing. And there are eight games in the National Hockey League tonight. I'm going to go through the schedule, and you tell me who your featured game is because my featured game is pretty easy. It's uh, yeah. 27 miles from where I am right now. Sunrise, Florida, the Florida Panthers against the Calgary Flames. But elsewhere tonight, it's the Devils at the Bruins, the Lightning at the Blue Jackets, the Sharks at the Red Wings, Colorado at Chicago, Winnipeg at Arizona. How about that? Philadelphia at Anaheim and Nashville at Vegas. By the yeah. way, has anybody looked who's leading the Western Conference? Oh, yeah. Vegas. Postponed tonight, Washington at Montreal and the Islanders at Seattle. And there's in the NBA tonight, there's a lot of games, but the featured game as far as we're concerned in the NBA, San Antonio Spurs at Toronto Raptors. And the bowl games aren't done yet, don't you know? The Texas Bowl goes tonight, Kansas State versus LSU. I did not think you were going to mention the Texas Bowl, and I thought I was going to go off the board, and that was going to be my game of the night, mm -hmm. but I can't get anything past you. For me, it's the Texas Bowl tonight. LSU versus Kansas State. So that's that's your game, hey? That's the one that's, you're going to be watching? Yeah, that's the one I'm going to be watching tonight. I'll probably, hey, okay. the, the Flames and Panthers will have my attention too. Uh, you'll be watching on Sportsnet Flames, Sportsnet West, and you'll be looking for me. Yes. Okay, I don't, listen, sorry to say, but the Flames, the Senators, some of these aren't the biggest draws. Like the Panthers have that ticket package that yeah. you could get four tickets in the lower bowl plus four drinks, four hot dogs, four popcorn, and an Alexander Barkov jersey. For like $250 for selected midweek games. From a marketing standpoint, if you're the Florida Panthers, tonight is a throwaway game. Not from a hockey standpoint, but from a marketing standpoint. It's like, it's Calgary, it's Tuesday. Yeah. But I'll be there watching because we're going to be in Calgary starting Monday for two weeks. And I want to get the lowdown on the Flames and see exactly what they're doing. Because it's not the same watching them on television versus in person, as That's you right. know. Um, free Oleg watching in Winnipeg says, featured game, Jets and Coyotes. Shifley and Kessel put on a back-checking clinic. Uh, well, Shifley's better at it than Patrick Laine was. Um, I will say this. you prob Did you watch any of the Winnipeg Jets Vegas Golden Knights game the other night? I did not, unfortunately. I just saw the highlights. I did. I did. I, when I turned it on, the Jets were up 5-3, and then the Golden Knights roared back and took it to overtime, and then the Jets ended up winning in overtime. And I'm like, we talked with Jeff Reinbold about Jekyll and Hyde NFL teams, and he agrees that the Dallas Cowboys are number one. 
I almost think that the Winnipeg Jets are the NHL's version of an of an uh, Jekyll and Hyde team. And they're not in a playoff spot right now, by the way. But then they go into Vegas. And, and they should have won it in regulation. They should have won it in regulation. I just, I wonder what's, how this plays out for the Winnipeg Jets with their new coach, Dave Lowry, or their interim coach. Like, the way they played the other night, I was like, you know what? Maybe Paul Maurice was onto something. He was the problem. I don't know how long it lasts. Yeah, I don't know either. I really don't. It'll be up to Kevin Sheveldayoff to find out, you know, what he thinks of this, this hockey team. If he thinks it's a playoff team, if he thinks it's a team that can win a Stanley Cup, then he's got to make a decision if Dave Lowry's the guy that can get him in the playoffs. It's about urgency, right? If they think, okay, this team needs a reset here, then he can get through the year. If they get in, great. But if they don't, not the end of the world, and then look ahead to next year. But if they think it's now, if the window is now, then he's got to figure out what to do at that spot. Scott Stanley watching in St. Albert, Alberta on Game Plus TV says, Hey, Rod, do you think Reinbold ends up with the Elks? It's a good question. I wouldn't write it off. Consider this. Today, the Edmonton Elks announced some additions to their coaching staff, to Chris Jones' staff. I don't know what their titles are specifically, but Jarius Jackson, Stephen McAdoo, and Marcus Hall have all joined that group. Craig Dickinson was always the special teams guy in the Jones Army, but that's not happening. He's the head coach in Saskatchewan, so clearly they're looking for a special teams coach. I could very easily see Jeff Reinbold go to Edmonton. Mm, Some people have been asking me in the football world if I thought he would go to Saskatchewan, and I don't because just, just because of funding or lack thereof. Craig Dickinson's doing a pretty good job, I would suggest, of handling the special teams and the head coaching duties and that's if there was a day that he was tired of doing that then yeah I think it takes a lot of balls for Jeff Reinbold to do what he did last week and just say hey uh, when you know you know and Jeff Reinbold knew that his time was up in Hamilton declined the offer to return and he will be coaching somewhere in 2022 for those that missed it last hour Jeff Reinbold said he's enjoying his time in Hawaii right now sifting through offers his agents talking to teams he'll have an announcement in the next while but I can't think of I mean, Chris Jones been around a long time. I put that in my column on Monday, the Monday morning goalie that the longest he's stayed anywhere was Montreal for five seasons as defensive coordinator from 2003 to 2007. Chris Jones, highly connected guy. And I wonder, Darren, if he listen, I, I, I respect and love Jeff Reinbold too much to call him a retread, the coaching retreads, as they say. But Chris Jones is not averse to dipping into the U.S. NCAA coaching talent pool to bring guys up. He's done it all the time. But not for special teams. I wonder if you would want to hire an American to coach CFL special teams because of its uniqueness. Right. You know what I'm saying? There is I, a, I, I know. A, yeah, go ahead. Well, there's a ton of value in a guy who's been around the league for as long as Jeff Reinbold has, who knows the nuances of special teams. That's where you see the biggest wrinkle. I know on offense and defense, an extra player is a pretty big wrinkle. But when you're talking about no fair catch, you're talking about the rouge, you know, the wider field, um, the different rules for the ball going out of bounds, um, all those types of things, you know, whether it's inside the 20 or not, um, simply running it out of the end zone and where the ball is placed. Um, there's a lot of value in having somebody who's, who's experienced with Canadian football uh, at that spot. 
from Brady watching in the Bridge City. And thank you, Brady, for sticking with us into the new year. One of our P1s, no doubt. Brady says, he's texted on the 902. He says, time to watch the RP show with my hot iced tea in my RP show mug. Last show before I have to go back to school. John Madden's passing was sad and unfortunate, left behind a legacy. Mike Tomlin has 15 straight seasons without a losing record. Big Ben's last home game was memorable. Uh, yeah, only because it was his last game at Heinz Field. 123 yards passing, not that memorable. Uh, and he goes on to say, Connor Bedard has been on fire lately. Well, there's no doubt about that. Thank you, Brady, for chiming in with all those thoughts. Moose, we're going to take a break right now, and we'll come back and uh, bring in more Taco Time viewer comments. Right now, Carlos in Indianapolis is leading in the clubhouse for the comment of the week. It's not that great, but it's still the leader. Hour 2 is brought to you by Great Western Original 16. Extra smooth, extra refreshing. Find Original 16 to the store near you today. And that includes... All across Alberta, where we will be broadcasting beginning Monday for two weeks at the Gray Eagle Resort and Casino. Can't wait. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube, live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rod. Hey, and the moose fixing his hair, too. Lovely cans you got gotcha. going there, kid. <laughs> hey, how about a sports update? A fourth straight loss for the Edmonton Oilers. Ryan Strom had a goal and two assists as the Rangers defeated the slumping Oilers 4-1 Monday night. McDavid and Neon Leon held off these poor sheep. Meanwhile, the NHL postponed... Ottawa's game Thursday night in Seattle after three more sends and a coach entered the league's COVID-19 protocols. The Pittsburgh Steelers kept their playoff hopes alive with a 26-14 win over the Cleveland Browns. As mentioned earlier, Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger threw for 123 yards, a tug and a pick in likely his final start at Heinz Field. Pittsburgh needs a Baltimore, a, sorry, a win at Baltimore and an Indy loss to Jacksonville to reach the postseason for the 12th time in Big Ben's 18 seasons. Antonio Brown watched as Jamorant scored 36 points to lead the Memphis Grizzlies past the Brooklyn Nets 118-104 Monday night. AB's NFL career is on hold after he left the field and his Tampa teammates in the Bucks win over the New York Jets on Sunday. This sports update presented by Ballers Rec Room. Check out our brand new line of games for the Tab Brewhouse and drive through Liquor Store and for Red Bull Canada. Red Bull gives you wings. Earlier on, Moose and I designated our featured games of the night. I'd love to know what the viewers are. Mine is the Calgary Flames at the Florida Panthers here tonight. It, it, I, don't, I think that should be everybody's featured game in the NHL. Florida 46 points going in. The Flames 40. It's a big game. I wouldn't go so far as to call it a Stanley Cup preview. I really wouldn't. That'll probably be January 27th when the Vegas Golden Knights visit the Florida Panthers. Um, and then Moose's is the Texas Bowl. LSU versus Kansas State. And I'll get to these comments in a second, but hey, I got to ask you this. How much did you enjoy 
I wouldn't say bowl weekend. How about championship weekend? Sugar Bowl, Orange Bowl, Cotton Bowl. A lot of bowls. I loved it. Um, I loved it. Yeah. Well, let me just say this. As you know, my plan was to go to the Capital One Orange Bowl. But now as I'm divulging more and more of my future, immediate future plans, I didn't go because I knew that I had a flight back to Canada this week, like on Saturday, and I didn't want to catch the Rona. And I don't know if you watched any of the Orange Bowl or not between Georgia and Michigan, but there was 70,000 people packed in like sardines into Hard Luck Luck Stadium. I still call it Hard Rock Stadium. And I'm I'm watching it on TV. It was a blowout anyways. Georgia destroyed Michigan. They humiliated him. They pantsed him, actually, to uh, advance to go up against Alabama in a huge rematch game in the Natty next Monday night. But anyways, I didn't go. Because they didn't want to catch the Rona. Uh, quite an atmosphere, though, hey? Unbelievable. Of course. Watched all of it. Watched every uh, snap of the game. And, you know, Georgia was the better team. They had a better game plan. They neutralized the speed of Michigan. Um, the front four on the defensive line of Michigan, they they did a great job taking Hutchinson completely out of the game. Um, thought Cade McNamara couldn't do a whole lot. So, yeah, it was a tough one for Michigan. Now, so I thought it was great. I thought, the, I thought the two semifinals were awesome. I thought the earlier game was good, too. I mean, obviously, Alabama was too strong. But this is the least excited I maybe have ever been about a college football national championship in my life. Like, yeah, I just the, the issue I have, I have like, I mean, all along, I had a huge issue with George even being in the playoff. Not that they weren't one of the top four teams in college football. Not doubting that, but they lost a championship game, a championship game, the SEC championship to Alabama. So why do they just get a do-over game? That's what I have a problem with. If you want to have a 12-team playoff or an 18-team playoff in college football, they wouldn't have been in it because they lost the championship game. So it would have been each of the conference championships. I'd have rather had Notre Dame in the game. I'd have rather had, geez, I'd rather had Florida. Um, what was the Florida team that played the Gators and, and beat the Gators in the bowl game? They were 11 and 1 or 12 and 1. I'd have rather had somebody like that and them get spanked than have Georgia in, in the game just because of the do over fact and the fact they lost so late in the year. But that's just me. Adam Schultz watching on YouTube says the Rose Bowl was epic. Oh. The only one that wasn't epic in terms of a blowout was the Orange Bowl, the game that you're talking about with Georgia, Michigan. But yeah. Uh, I, I think it was Tacona Pally wrote in here earlier and said, congrats, Rod, on your 21-point prediction for Alabama. Um, no, I didn't. I said it was going to be 20 points, and it was 21. Dagnabbit! It was like the Grey Cup. I said Winnipeg would win by seven, and dagnabbit, they won by eight. Yeah. Um, I'm getting to be pretty good at this, Moose. I know. If you've known, you, you, were, you were good at it long before I was. Uh, but I'm not again, good at predicting the score. Watching. I'm good at setting the odds. You come in and nail the score. I don't know which is uh, I don't know which is better. Um, the general, they're really amped up for this game in Sunrise, Florida tonight. And I'll say it again. I was talking to some Flames broadcast personnel to see if they were going to be at the game tonight, and they're not traveling. They're very upset that they're not traveling uh, for obvious reasons, but particularly here where, by the way, Told you this morning it was 16 degrees Celsius. It was supposed to be hot all week. When I say hot, I'm talking Monday was supposed to be 31 degrees Celsius yesterday. They whiffed on that one. Whoops. 
this morning it was 16 Celsius, but it got up to 25 Celsius by the time we went to air here. And I'm just concerned about going down to sunrise tonight because I got the top off the Jeep. Top down. And uh, it's 27 miles from here. It's like driving to Milestone, Saskatchewan from Regina. Okay. Yeah. In terms of distance. The Not drive's far. a little different. Yeah. The drive's a little different, if you know what I mean. Really? 12, la- 12 lanes. You, can, you can't well, see to Tampa Bay from there on your drive? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you something. Like, here's the, here's the one reason why it's difficult to sort of get your bearings here because every single time I put in the GPS to get from where I'm living to the rink, there's like eight different ways to go. And every time I get a different route, it's all depending on traffic and right. whatever sort of delays. If I were to put into the GPS, Regina to Wilcox, there's one there is only one way, period. For the most part, unless you're going right. to go down past the correction line, cut over to Rolo and go south, or if you want to go to Four, four Mile Road or go all the way to Kareen. Not a lot of options. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is a lot different. So anyways, the general in Calgary is popping off. He says that Barca better keep his head up. <laughs> oh, can I say this? Yeah. Because, oh, man, it would have been a lot of fun last week being on the air with what was going down what was going down in the games here last week. I went to the Tampa Bay, Florida game, and I don't think people understand. People are people. Fans are fans. I don't care where you are or what the league or sport is. A rivalry is a rivalry. Yeah. And I don't know if you were watching the score sheet or following along when the Panthers went up. They beat the Lightning 9-3. Okay. And the buzz in the rink, some of the people, the things that I was hearing were hilarious. Some guy was like, let's, let's ring up 10 on these clowns. Like they literally hate the Tampa Bay lightning here and they're going to hate them until they beat him. But I'm sitting there in the press box going, come on, come on, come on. Let's have, let's have a Donnybrook. If you really hate each other, let's prove it. Old time hockey, Eddie Shore. And I think it was 5-2 Florida after the first period. Four or 5-2 after the first period. They did blow it open, but it wasn't until late in the game. There was one fight. I guess that's all you can ask for in today's NHL. We got one fight. That ain't bad. (laughs) Um, Randolph Charles watching in Ontario says, you forgot the Pangman Junction. Oh, at 6 and 13? There's a little Saskatchewan lingo that most won't understand outside the province, eh, Moose? Oh, yeah. The Pangman Junction. Tacona Powley in Winnipeg says, are those gravel roads to Wilcox, Rod? Partially. What about (laughs) it? Yes. Uh, From my cousin Christine in Medicine Hat. She says, from the farm, you can see several small towns. Oh, uh, now we're now we're settling into a we're old we're getting into it. Story. Yeah, we're getting into it now because the yeah. difference from here, from a small town to a big town, was if you're if you have no gravel roads, you were in a big town like Winyard, sixteen, eighteen, two thousand people. 
That was eight, 2,000 people. It's a big town. Largest one on the Yellowhead Highway, right? Elfras, gravel roads, small town. Isn't that the home of Bob Irving? Elfras? Yeah. I don't know. No, it's less stock, less stock, uh, less stock. Um, here, here's another one from John in Winnipeg. John Ohm. He says, I once heard that Saskatchewan's so flat you can watch your dog run away for three days. Hey, John. Drive outside Winnipeg for <laughs> hours. Not even, not even funny. Anyways, back on point. Um, I had CFL stuff here, and I'm going to go check the text line here in a moment. But because I, I have a U.S. college coach that's DM me, said he's listening today and loving the CFL talk. Uh, let's get on that for a second. Did you ever think that Brendan Tamman would be? Nope. He was already working in the league in Montreal. But when, when I broke the story Saturday night that he was joining the Ottawa Red Blacks, what did you think about that? I was shocked. I mean, I hadn't really heard his name circulating as somebody who was imminently going to, you know, have a significant position in a front office in the CFL. Um, I don't, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. And it wasn't it just off the board for me. You know, it had been a while since we'd heard the name Brendan Tamman. I it just, for me, it just felt really off the board and I'm like, Oh, okay. And I had to think about it for a minute and I think it's probably a good move for the Ottawa Red Blocks. He's had success in the Canadian football league. He's pretty well liked. Um, but it was just off the board and a surprise. I'm trying to think of the other, um, I guess Reinbold was saying how the coaching carousel is spinning. He actually, he put that on Twitter. Reinbold said that. I wonder how many people are paying attention other than the just hardcore industry people and hardcore fans. And the reason I ask that yeah. is Randy in the peg writes in, he's watching on game plus TV. And he says, Randy from the peg best wishes in 2022. Rod clam big game for my charger Sunday night. Huberdo's on a heater. I haven't got into the game notes yet to see what Johnny Hooby Dooby Doo is doing for the Florida Panthers. Other than I know that he, well, he's not leading the Panthers in scoring. Barkov is. It's not a lot. Not a lot of people are talking CFL right now. Brian Goldstrom is watching in Withrow, Alberta, and he says, "Looking good, Moose. Are you getting ready for curling coverage?" I thought they were canceling all the curling. That was well, that's the read I got. Yeah, you know. We're going to see where it goes. And you're looking at Ontario Provincials being affected. The mixed doubles was affected. Um, we're going to see where this goes because this is the time, right? January, February is when you get all those provincial playdowns as you get ready for the Scotties and the Briar. And wait and see. That's the best I can tell you is wait and see. <laughs> going on two years of wait and see. I know. Um, Adam watching in Hamilton. He says, Happy New Year, Rod and Moose. My family's been sick with the Rona the past week, but we're getting through it. It's been almost a year since I started watching the show. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Adam, for that. And he is, he is a huge Ticats fan. I got to say this, and Producer Clark has just told me that Craig Button is logged in, so I'm just going to address this, then we'll go to a break, and I'll bring you back for overtime, Moose, okay? Perfect. I felt like a bit of a tool during Grey Cup week, reporting that the head coach of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Orlando Steinauer, was headed to the University of Washington Huskies because that was the word amongst the football people. And then it doesn't happen. And Orlando gets the keys to the castle there. Big raise, big uh, promotion 
titles and all the works of it. And I think what went down there was that they were afraid to see him go. You know, they think a lot of Orlando Steinauer and Hamilton and they signed him to the big deal. In the end, I think I did him a favor. Got him a big raise, Moose. You did. I mean, that's exactly just, how it goes down. I mean, I don't, I don't need to know. I don't need to talk to anybody inside. But that's exactly how it happens, right? I mean, obviously, that would be a special place for him to go and coach in Washington and, and all the rest. And, and Hamilton doesn't want to lose him. So they stepped up, and he made a choice exactly. that's best for him. You're welcome. Moose, we'll see you back here for overtime. You betcha. All right, when we come back, TSN Director of Scouting, Craig Button. Game day, Panthers and Flames. We'll preview that game. We'll talk about the new arena situation in Calgary officially being snuffed out. Lots to talk with Craig Button about when we return. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus television network, available all across Alberta on the TELUS Optic Cable Package, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Daytime Sports Talk is on the air. It's our first show of 2022, so Happy New Year, everybody. We continue broadcasting from beautiful and sunny South Florida as we bring in our next guest, TSN Director of Scouting, Craig Button. It's been far too long, and I'll say Happy New Year to you, Mr. Button. And listen, I would love to start with the good news before we get into the bad news, which was the World Juniors cancellation. If you don't mind, sir, Flames and Panthers tonight, I think, is the game of the night in the National Hockey League. What do you think? Yeah, it's a, you got the Flames who are playing so tremendously well, and you have the Panthers who are playing really well. You know, Sam Bennett won't play because of the suspension. It's too bad. I'd like to have seen him play against his former team. But, Rod, like, I, I'm not happy with you. I'm sitting up here in Calgary, okay, and I'm looking forward to the game. You know, it'll start at 5 o'clock local time here. It's minus 41 with the wind chill here in Calgary today. And you're sitting there in balmy South Florida showing off and everything. Like you're tormenting mm. me. That's a that's a real nice way to start 2022, isn't it? I'm so sorry, and I that it was not my intention, <laughs> other than to say that I'm very grateful, and I'll be thinking of you in the press box at FLA Live Arena tonight. But my Flames broadcast buddies, as you know, aren't traveling. None of these guys are going to be here tonight, which is unfortunate. But uh, it'll be a great game nonetheless. And I was thinking about that Sam Bennett thing, and it's and it's unfortunate that he isn't playing tonight. He did skate with the team this morning, but as you said, he's out with a three-game suspension. Can I, can I ask you, what went down with the Bennett Flame situation there? Why did that not work? Well, you know, it's a great question. And, you, you know, it's interesting that you have a player that you drafted fourth overall, and it just seemed to me that he kept getting pigeonholed into areas of the game and areas of the lineup where, you know, they just said, that's who you are and that's what you are. And, and they would swing him up into other areas of the lineup with other skilled players. And yet it seemed that when Sam just was off a little bit, he, he didn't get any forgiveness. And I, it, we saw what happened. Sam got to a point where he said, hey, this is untenable for me because Sam has a lot of confidence in his own abilities, and he felt that a change would help him as well. And when Joel Quenville you know, the previous coach in Florida, I got him. He said, geez, I didn't really know a lot about him, but I really like the way he plays. You know, the, how you look at players, 
you know, and how you utilize players becomes a big part uh, of their confidence. And I think Sam felt that he was capable of more. But the Flames just kept saying, oh, no, this is what you are. This is what you are. And you, you end up with that friction, uh, Rod, where the player goes, wait a sec. This isn't what I am. I'm capable of more. You're not giving me a chance. And it, it leads to a trade. And certainly, you know, when you're watching Sam in that role, you're, you're evaluating him in that role because it's hard to say that, uh, you know, he, he's more than that. I'm talking about from a coaching point of view. But what he's clearly shown is that he's a lot more than what he was uh, in, in Calgary. And, you know, we see it all the time. We see players in one spot, you know, not thrive. They go to another spot, you know, breath of fresh air, fresh eyes, different approach to, to, to the player from a coaching perspective. And the player, you know, really ends up being really good. And I think that that's what happened. I mean, it, it, it's a lesson, though. It's a lesson, though, Rod, in making sure that, you know, if you draft the player fourth overall like Sam Bennett and, and you see offensive ability, why are you not putting them in offensive situation? Like, I would rather take a fourth overall pick that's shown offensive ability and let him stumble and fail before I fail him myself. I think he got failed in Calgary. Well, for sure. He hasn't had down nights here. I've watched every home game and a lot of his road games. He's playing power play. There's a lot of talent around him, and I'm just really happy for him. And again, it's unfortunate that he won't play tonight. Listen, I, I do want to ask you about the Calgary Arena situation in a moment, but I got to ask you about the Oilers. I'm sure you watched. It was the only game last night at the Rangers last night. McDavid and Dreisaitl held off the score sheet. They're calling for the coach now in Edmonton. Is this team going to turn it around, do you think? Well, they can. I, I, you know, the way I look at the Edmonton Oilers, and, and I look specifically at their goaltending rod, have you ever walked over a rickety bridge? You get to the other side, and, you know, doesn't mean you couldn't get to the other side, but it wasn't a real comfortable walk over that bridge. That's the Edmonton Oilers goaltending. It's rickety. And, you know, if you, if you want to keep trying to tempt uh, the rickety bridge, at some point in time, it's going to collapse. I think the goaltending's subpar. And I think that, you know, you can blame the coach and you can look at where they're at. But, but the goaltending is subpar. It puts the team back on its heels. You're not. You're never sure what you're going to get. Forget about game to game. You don't know what you're going to get shift to shift. Look at New Jersey game. The Oilers played. They scored five goals. You know, they got the lead late in the game. They push Hamilton to the top of the to the top of the blue line. All he does is loft a shot to the net. And Mike Smith, all six foot four of them, makes himself four foot six, collapses. It goes right in over his shoulder, over his head, and then he stops two breakaways in overtime. And then he gives up the winner on the shot by Jack Hughes. That's what I mean. It's not game to game. It's, it's shift to shift. And you can't survive. You can't subsist on goaltending that sucks the life out of your team, that sucks the oxygen out of your team, where everybody is always saying, oh, God, what's next? Oh, my God, oh, he made a save. Oh, my God, what now? What now? It, it puts a team in a, real, in a real tenuous spot. And that's where the Oilers are at. And to me, they, they, they have to find uh, – a different goaltender, and, and that's Mike Smith and Koskinen. I like to me, neither one of them are consistent, dependable. If you want to keep walking over that rickety bridge, don't think because you got to the other side that that bridge is stable, because it isn't, and neither is the Edmonton Oilers goaltender. Yeah, and I think Stuart Skinner might be the best of all of them, but he's not yeah. the answer either. But I mean, last night when Koskinen plays the puck over the glass, that's just. Oh right here right and misplaying it so uh, yeah it's a, but is it a money thing or a contract thing 
I look at this and say, Ken Holland was a goalie. He knows goalies. So what, what am I missing there that he wouldn't address that, the most important position on the team? Well, I, I, well and, and, and I think you touch on it. it, it it's an important position. And to, to, to understand what it means to the, to the rest of the team, again, when I talk about a team being on its heels, you're, you're sitting there going, oh, we stopped it. Oh, good. Oh, geez, there's, no, there, there's not a bumble there. And, it, and it's, it, it starts before the game even begins. It's, it, it's when the players, okay, what kind of goaltender are we going to get tonight? Okay, just stop the pot. Don't give us a chance, right? So to me, and I'm really clear on this, Rod, a manager's job is, number one, identify the problems. Number two, find solutions. Ken Holland has to find a solution to that. And it's not about last year. It's not about what they did or, how, like, you know, they've shown good signs. It's not good enough goaltending. They've shown it for long enough time. It's inconsistent. It's unstable. And I don't care if you had a good two months last year. I don't care. It's not any good. And it's not going to get better just because you believe it will. To me, it's incumbent upon Ken Holland because he, he's got a team that, he, that, that I think he improved in the offseason. He's not giving that team a chance to thrive now. He just isn't. He, he, he's got to find a way to get better goaltending in there. And, and maybe it is Stuart Skinner in the short term. Maybe it is. But to your point, you know, you're throwing a young kid in there that's really developed nicely, right? You got to go find the solution. And the solution isn't what they have there now. Either one of them. Yeah, two words, Braden Holdby. Local boy, get it done. I don't know how this, why it always goes so fast when we do this, Craig. Uh, I got to ask you about the World Juniors. I felt the, I'll just say it, depression from here when they pulled the plug on the World Juniors. It was the guys on the panel, Duffy, you guys, and McKenzie was like a morgue they were broadcasting for Rogers Place. It was terrible. Have you ever been part of something so deflating as that? No, because, you know, when we went back to March 2020 and, I, you know, that Wednesday night when Rudy Gobert tested positive, we came in on Thursday, we did the shows, but, but it was a world of uncertainty, right? And, you know, it seemed that we were, so far past that and, and the protocols that were in place you know those are uh you know necessary to admit uh, countries in, in into the tournament but but i'll tell you rod uh you know it becomes such a part of uh of the holidays and it, it's, it's such a, it's a big event it's a best on best event at a time of the year that's really special and you know everybody that works on that broadcast i mean they're they're sacrificing family time to come and work on something that not only are they immensely talented but they love being part of it and and, and the people make it so the disappointment was profound and but but i'll tell you i got to red deer on the morning of the 26th and there was already, I had to go in and do a test right off the bat. Then I had to do an antigen test at the rink. And, you know, th there was a testing tension from the minute I arrived in Red Deer. And that tension only escalated over time. We lost people at TSN because of positive tests. The officials were testing positive. And you, you, you just felt that, like, this tension was never going to go away. It escalated. Then the U.S. Uh, had the positive tests. And then from there, yeah, the minute the U.S. had the positive tests, our feeling, my feeling certainly was, this is hanging by a thread. Well, I was wrong because uh, there wasn't a thread to hold it together. No, it was nobody's fault. It was nobody's fault, Rod. You know, sometimes this, despite the very best efforts, 100% best efforts of everybody involved, and that includes the Sutters in Red Deer who, 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 who were 85% sold tickets trying to find a way to get to 86, 87, to everybody in Edmonton, the volunteers. And, and this is coming off of last year. 
know, sometimes events conspire against you, and that's exactly what ended up happening with this Omicron. Oh, what a kick in the uh, gut. We got yeah. 60 seconds, Craig. Gary Bettman has said the Calgary Saddle Dome is unacceptable. The new arena deal is now dead. Where do we go from here? Well, the the arena deal as it as it evolved, it looks like it's dead. But you know, there's I, I I think the structure of it is solid, and the structure based on the information and based on you know what I've been able uh, to understand a lot better from a week ago or two weeks ago, is that now I, like you look at the whole thing, and so what I would say, cooler heads can prevail. You, you know, sometimes in a negotiation, you get up against it, and you go. Ah, uh, geez, this isn't fair. And so Murray Edwards says that this isn't the right thing. And then the mayor, you know, Giotti Condic says, you know, this isn't fair. I, I think to, just take a step back. Just take a step back. Look at it, you know, 10, 15 days, maybe 20, 21 days from now and, and revisit it. Because they spent too much time getting to a point that was really productive, that was going to be very, very beneficial for all parties concerned. And I, I, I think that getting back to that and understanding how far they've come, that they can get this thing back on, on, on track. Because it's important for Calgary. It's important for the Flames. And, you know, we don't want to start hearing about a team moving and everything that goes with, you know, with, a, with, a, with, with an arena deal that isn't in place. I, I, too much work has been done in the past. And I, I think that the framework, a, a strong framework, this isn't a rickety bridge <laughs> like the Edmonton Oilers goaltending. There's a strong framework in place to get a deal done, in my view. Good to hear. Very positive. Well, beginning next Monday, Craig, we will be broadcasting from the Gray Eagle Resort and Casino for two solid weeks, first of a residency of this show. So we'll be in Calgary. Maybe I'll see you at the rink. Uh, but thanks for this. And as always, enjoying your work, sir. You're not going to invite me up to Gray Eagle? It's it's a, well, it's a I, yeah eight-minute drive from my house. I can do this live. Then we'll you. see you there. How about that? <laughs> you're always you're always so busy. You expect a text. Thank you, Craig. <laughs> Thanks, Rod. TSN's Craig Button joining us from Cowtown. Taco Time viewer takeover is coming up next. And over time, you're watching the RP show on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. And the studio is in uh, beautiful South Florida. But, oh, I'm, I'm starting to get a little worried, Moose, as we bring the Moose back in here for overtime. Um, you just heard it. We will be with yourself at Gray Eagle Resort yep. and Casino in Calgary beginning next week and uh, starting Monday. And they're saying minus 50, minus 40 to 50. It has been something, man. How's the mood of people there in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle? Can't tell you. Haven't left the house. <laughs> it's been too cold, <laughs> but no, it's, you know, it's not terrible. I mean, everything's, everything's okay. We're used to this, but we're just hammered in this deep freeze. And on Sunday, we got up to single digits in the negative. So like, I think it was minus eight in the late afternoon and then 
right back to minus 20 the next day. I'm like, did we pass through some outer space Chinook for like one day and that was it and right back into the cold weather? And then right now that snowstorm is happening like as we speak. So uh, I think for the most part, we're okay. We're kind of in the uh, the Christmas hangover, if you want to say that. Uh, still kind of in the Christmas mood a little bit and now getting back to work. So it's not bad. Well, we are enjoying the Sunshine State as much as possible tonight. The Flames and the Panthers is the last game that I'll be able to watch before returning to Canada. And I think it'll be a real fun game tonight. Last minute of play, if you can believe, in the RP show. Last minute of play. Randy from the Peg writes, and he says, update for you on Huberdeau. Second in the league in assists. Fourth in the league in points. Eight points in his last two games. Yeah, he's rolling, but uh, Barkov still leads the team. Ken is watching in Scranton, Pennsylvania. He says, I'm kind of thinking the Bucs haven't released AB in fear that Dallas, Green Bay, or Arizona pick him up for the playoffs. Good point. That's a situation we'll be watching over the next 24 hours, and we'll see if Antonio Brown will be a Buccaneer within 24 hours if he ever plays in the NFL again. Any last uh, thoughts, Moose, before we let you go? No, that's everybody? wild, right? They got to actually officially release him just because he's not a member of the team. Um, he can still be on the on the on the roster. They can sit him down, exactly. Yeah. Unless he pulls an OBJ and says, "I'm out of here." Anyways, thanks to Jeff Reinbold, thanks to Craig Button, and we will see you all tomorrow at noon Eastern, right here on Game Plus. Angering people is a gift of mine. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.